anyway, back to the stream and how it went. Yes. Um, well, we did speak at length about the positives of homeschooling. We did. And, and as I said before, I think the biggest stumbling block for this is going to be fear. Um, because it's, it's such a massive decision, maybe one of the biggest that many people will make. Um, I'm determined to find, honestly, a breakdown step-by-step -step guide of how to do this because it must be out there and I'd have the same concerns if I was in that position um, so I think it's important that people you know that it's a case of lead by example not do as we say not as we do um, we need to make it easy for people because it is such a big thing it's enormous it's literally life changing yeah and I hope after we ask um, for a homeschooler to get in touch I hope someone does who's actually doing it right now because it would be I think really enlightening for people to be able to ask questions of a, an actual homeschooler. Exactly, because the only perspective I can give is of a child who was homeschooled. That's obviously vastly different to the parent who actually did it. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, lo looking back at it as an, as an adult, I can infer certain things, but it's still different. Until you've actually done it, it will always be different. Yeah, and I mean, you know, people raise some valid points. I don't expect that it will be easy because it's new. It's something completely different and people aren't used to it. But everything that's new is difficult at first. I think it's scary rather than difficult. Yes. I think that's the thing. I think if you just think in your general life, people always mistake something that is scary for something that is difficult. Or oh, sorry, vice versa. It's something that is difficult for something being scary. This isn't particularly hard when you really break it down because all you're doing is passing your knowledge that you already have to somebody who doesn't have it. Yeah. I it's think... not the most difficult thing in the world. It's not like you're teaching. But you know, it's a thing that is bloody difficult and doesn't get terribly much, much praise. But yet everybody always does it is teaching a dog. How the hell do you manage to communicate with a dog that can't communicate with you and, and make it sit? and make it roll over and make it play dead and that sort of stuff. That is bloody hard. Well, Meanwhile, a... teaching basic maths and teaching basic sentence structures for English and that sort of stuff, especially with the vast amount of resources you have at your disposal, it, it isn't, it, it is difficult, but it's not the same sort of difficulty. I think it's difficult purely or, or, or perceived that way because purely because it's a new challenge and I think I think it's people lacking confidence. They're obviously concerned that they're going to somehow not do as good a job as a qualified teacher. But let's face it, the state of teachers these days, um, I think you'd be hard pressed to do a worse job than a teacher. And I would also argue that in an ideal world, of course, we'd start with younger children. And as yes. they come into their own, you also would gain confidence with the teaching methods. Um, I really try to impress upon people tonight though, that the actual purpose of homeschooling is that you choose the curriculum. It doesn't have to be eight hours straight of book learning. It, you, you're not replicating the school classroom. You are creatively teaching your children in the way that best suits their needs. And that can be whatever you think suits their needs. I think it's also important to note as well that the people with younger children um, are going to have an easier time because their children won't be judgmental, let's say. And, and it will be hard, of course, for children who've been in a structured classroom to then go into homeschooling. 
Will it though? Like, where, where would you foresee difficulties there? Just the lack of routine. You know, you know the whole preparing, getting up, having breakfast, getting your pack lunch ready, getting your book bag ready, and going to school. The the actual act of going to school would be removed. Mm-hmm. So the basic routine is what you think would throw them off at first? At first, yes. I think they'd quickly adjust. I suppose it's like uh, the difference between uh, working from home and working in an office. You know where people find that they lack motivation somewhat because they don't have that structure. They they can. Mm-hmm. We saw it over the lockdown, didn't we? People on these Zoom meetings sitting in their pants or whatever. You know, because they were either unprepared or unmotivated to really dress the part. They weren't in an office, so why bother? Um, so I so I think change change is about adaptation, and the reality is if our people can't adapt to this small change, we've got much bigger fights on our hands coming up, and this is almost a test, if you will. But I do get the fear of disappointing their children, and you know being responsible for your child failing. But the reality is, I'd rather have a child fail that's safe and happy and confident. And exams can be taken again and again. If need be. I think you've just nailed it. I think that's what the fear is. I think it's because suddenly you've gone from palming the responsibility of education off onto somebody else, somebody who's trained, and you're taking it on yourself. And if that child does fail, it's entirely on you. Or at least, sorry, at least there is the feeling that it is entirely on you. Whereas if they do it in school, there's a feeling of partly the child and partly the school. But you can go and have a go at someone you know for letting your child down you can you can pass the buck as it were um this comes back down to personal responsibility i know it's scary for people who have grown up in a system where this person does this job and that person does that job but the reality is our future means that we must be everything for our children it's the way we used to be the unnatural thing is not changing to this older system the unnatural thing is what we're doing now by not taking part in it but we've become used to it. One of the articles that we we stumbled across when looking into this, somebody tried to portray homeschooling as non-traditional, and it made me laugh because it it is the most traditional form of education. Schools have not been around for terribly long, really. Not in the way that we have them currently. They've been around for like 140 years, I think, 180 years. It's had no time at all. It's, it's literally a handful of generations. Yeah, in the Everybody grand scheme of things, it's the blink of an eye. But for someone who's spent their whole life knowing that it exists, it's a lifetime. It's a, it's exactly. a big thing on a personal it's level. It's because it's it's not just them who went through it. It's their parents, their grandparents, their great-grandparents. And It's yes. literally as far back as human memory could possibly go who've gone through this system. Thereby, it has become traditional, even though it isn't. Yeah, it's like it's like a fake tradition that's been pushed on us, uh, but, exactly. it's, but it's been encouraged for generations as well. Like it's like it's a good, a force for good, and it's only recently that we've even come to realise just how much a force for evil it really is. And we've we've always joked. I mean, you go back to sort of Pink Floyd, you know, in the seventies. Hey, teacher, leave them kids alone. It's it's been a running joke that school is a is a, a inculcation station. You know, and and it's about conformity, but we didn't have a clue that it was more than just conformity. This isn't just about getting children to trust other adults and respect authority to the point where they will damage themselves in the process. 
This is a far more sinister agenda and we're just waking up to it now. But that's, I suppose that's why I want people to push past the fear. Whatever fears you have of failing as a teacher, as a tutor, cannot surely be worse than the fear of leaving your child unprotected in that system. Exactly, it's worthwhile. Even if it is a struggle. At, at the end of the day, this is something we kind of hammered in the article that we put up yesterday, or earlier today rather. If... I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, my brain has just died on me. It's because I'm thirsty. Well, I'm going to drink my tea and pile me back over to you. Oh, thank you. Well, no actually... Worries. You can cover. Um, so it's interesting. Um, we looked up loads of resources, as you know, because we, we kind of made a list of all the great reasons why you should homeschool, and we were getting uh, other opinions because we didn't want to just give our own. Um... <coughs> And I found a list of disadvantages, and most of these lists have pros and cons. But this one struck me as odd, because the cons are so blatantly untrue as to be laughable. Uh, and I wanted to read a few out to you, see if you're interested. So you sip your tea and I'll read these, um, and see what you think. Thank you, Winch. Don't you start. <laughs> I'm seriously going to have words with Steve-O. Look at the bad influence he is now on you. Um, the first disadvantage. It requires you having to be, uh, sorry, it requires you to be with your kids 24-7. You will have little respite and less time for yourself or your spouse. However, some families don't mind being together all the time. Very sinister and underplayed that. 24-7. So because you homeschool your children for a few hours a day, you can never leave the home. It, it's so false. 24-7. Who is with their children 24-7? Who stays at home with them all day? Do, do people not sleep or go somewhere? Do they, do not... they not pee? Exactly. Well, I don't know. Right. If, you, if you have young children, peeing on your own is a thing of the past. Well, um, this is true, but you know what I mean. 24-7, yeah. though. Is that not it's, some it's kind of fear-mongering? It's the weird way that it's framed as if spending time with your kids is bad if it's too much time. Yeah, like it's a punishment or a chore. Yeah, it's like if you spend this amount of time with your children, you're going to hate them. Yeah, you'll have little respite. That, that's the sort of terminology used, like respite from a storm. Or, yeah. Or respite from uh, f from it's, something horrible. It's like you need to go to one of those places where monks live. The. Uh... Oh, like a Tibetan, yeah. Like yeah, go, you know. Go, well, and f go and find your mojo again. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and less time for yourself or your spouse. Why? Are you going to be homeschooling until midnight every night? Yes. Aren't your children... You're going to be homeschooling every hour of the day you're awake. It's amazing though, isn't it? So your children aren't still going to have their dinner at a certain time, their bath and their bed. Nothing is going to change in your routine at all, except for three hours, maybe a day. You're going to be teaching them, instead of maybe plonking them in front of the television to amuse themselves, or playing with them. Depending on the kind of parenting you do. If you play with your children throughout the day, what difference does it make? It's quality time with your children. And depending how much fun you make education, they might still see it as you're just playing with them. Yeah, it's not just fun, but it's just work. As we said on stream, doing things like carpentry and what have you. You know, pottery. Pottery is fun. If you do it, great. It's fun Take if you enjoy it. Take your kid along do yeah, it with them. Absolutely. Kids love getting messy. It's like, it's yeah, their natural bacon, habitat. You know, everything. And these are all learning opportunities. 
Well, I said this to you before, didn't I? That I think every young person should know how to cook at least a few basic meals. Mm -hmm. uh, because you never know when it might be required. Like, you could have the greatest mum or dad in the world who cooks all the food. Uh, that person could break a leg or an arm or something, and somebody else has to take over the cooking for a few months. Everybody should know how yeah. to do it. There could be an emergency. They could, God forbid, you know, be in hospital. Somebody else has oh, to Oh, somebody could simply get home late. Yeah, they could, or they could yeah, go on holiday or go out. Well, just out. a really mundane situation. Yeah. Somebody could go out, their car could break down, you could be like 14, 15, left at home, you're perfectly capable. They weren't expecting to be you know, stuck the other side of town or wherever. You're going to have to cook dinner. Exactly. You're surely not going to wait for them to roll up the next morning and say, well, I starved to death, so thanks for that. <laughs> you know, you, surely you're capable of making some toast or a bacon sandwich or something. Yeah, just something to get you by. Even the basics, like boiling an egg. It's not genius, it's just timing. Making a great dinner is just about timing. If you follow a recipe to the letter, the only thing that lets you down ever is the timing and paying attention. If you set the oven temperature correctly or, or the whole board, just follow it correctly. The only thing you can possibly mess up is the timing for everything to be ready. So it's just about paying And if attention. you start off with something simple that's all in one pot, it's not an issue. Well, casseroles are genius for that because all of the work happens beforehand. It's all prep. Exactly. It's basically just chopping and then putting it yeah. into a pot. Put it in, switch it on, leave it. So, yeah, even if you know you do nothing but teach your kids how to make a casserole, at least that's a meal they can make. Yeah, or fry some fish. Especially, you know, when, when young people start courting again, which I sincerely hope happens. Uh, we'd, I'd like to think that young women or young men are happy to make a meal for a romantic dinner or something. The basics should be learned by everyone. Even something simple like pasta. You know, that's a pretty much a staple right there if you're able to do it. Exactly. And it really doesn't take much. How long does it take to make some sauce? And honestly, food is so dumbed down now. If you if you were to go through your cupboard and check most of your packets, there's actually cooking instructions on them. Yes. Nobody is guessing here. The odd thing is, have you ever actually followed them through? I've never needed to. I'm a bit of an instinctual cook. I've never spoken to anybody who's even, like, followed it through. But even so... I'm going to ask people this question more often. Like, how often have you ever even met somebody who's followed the instructions on how to cook pasta from the back of the pasta box? The only time I've ever followed instructions on a pack, and I think I should be allowed this one, is when I buy a bag of flour and there is some kind of great what? recipe for a cake or something. And the recipe is actually on the bag of flour. That still counts. No, it no, because it's a recipe for something using that ingredient. It's not the recipe to yeah, cook but, that ingredient. Yeah, but right, that's basically how it works. Yeah. So it, you're now distincting between an ingredient and something else, which is also an ingredient. Yeah, because the recipe, because the the instructions on a bag of flour do not teach you how to cook flour. Yeah, but the instructions on a packet of pasta don't teach you how to cook a packet of pasta. It tells you how to do the sauce and what have you. I thought you were talking about, you know, this is how you cook the pasta. No, I meant like the actual proper little recipes that they have on them. Oh, you didn't say recipe. You said cooking instructions. What is a recipe if not cooking instructions? A recipe is a separate, complete meal. Are you... Are you... Cooking instructions on a packet of a food 
is how to cook that food. There is a difference. This, this is the extreme gaslighting I have to put up with. <laughs> no, I'm making the distinction that you did not. Cooking instructions. That is a ridiculous distinction. Go and look on a packet of pasta, and I guarantee you there will be instructions how to cook pasta. Yes, and next to that, there's the recipes. Right, but you're talking about the inst cooking instructions, which are how to cook the actual product itself. It's, to me, is one in the same, because no. you're not just going to randomly cook some pasta and say, oh, that'll do. Of course you will. You may have already made something to go with pasta. But if you've already made it, you're not going to be looking at the instructions to see how to cook it. But and beyond may, that, pasta just tells you to cook it in like five minutes. Right, but still, we're talking about cooking instructions, which are completely different to try this recipe for a completely different meal that uses this ingredient. I, I, We're going to have to I agree to disagree. I can't even begin to disagree with Go this. and it's look it's... on the packet of any food and see the difference between a recipe and cooking instructions. Okay, cooking instructions to... I'm not, I'm not even arguing this. This is absurd. Because <laughs> you know I'm right. <laughs> no, because this is, this is just pedantic. Don't make pedantic me go and get my packet of pasta and prove, and prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway moving on so number two for the disadvantages of homeschooling it says it consumes a lot of... how did we get onto pasta by the way i don't know because because you were wrong and no. you dragged it out and out, and out. <laughs> i'm not wrong everyone everyone who listens to this will agree with me right number two hey, look, all i know all i know <laughs> is i don't spend enough time looking at the packet to find out what it actually says. I'm very worried that you have. No, I'm just observant. Yeah, and I'm not, so... <laughs> okay. Right, I need to stop laughing so I can read this. Number two, it consumes a lot of time, energy and resources. If you are not a teacher by profession, you may need to exert more effort in learning about lesson preparation and teaching techniques. That's a fair point. Exert more effort. Do you mean take a little bit more time? This is really sort of extreme language. Yeah. Um, it's like you may actually have to spend, you know, an hour coming up with something for your kid to do. You might spend a whole day. Just send them. Yeah, you, you might spend a whole day planning, like, the whole thing. Yeah. And then it's done. But it also says parents will have to continu continuously do research and adapt their teaching methods to make sure your kids receive the standard of education. Well, that would be a valid point if teachers did the same thing. Well, they have teacher training day, don't you know? That one day a year where they consume all that all magical information. But teachers don't adapt their teaching methods. To no, the they do the exact child. same thing they did for the last 40 years. Exactly. So if you are willing to do this as a parent, that makes you like 100 times better than your average state school teacher. It's not just that, but adapt their teaching methods. Surely it's a learning curve that both the child and the parent are going through together. Exactly. Like nobody's an expert at anything before they've done it. Right. Why would you be an expert homeschooler before you've done it? Exactly, because this is why most jobs require qualifications and experience. Exactly. You can do all the reading in the world, but until you actually engage in an action, you are not an expert. Yeah, because you come up with problems that you wouldn't face in a textbook, and it's all about how you overcome those problems. Right, so, yeah. This is why even teachers, when they're a newly qualified teacher, they don't just start teaching. They've actually been in classes before and they've been like teaching assistants and what have you. Yeah, or they shadow teachers and learn from them. Yeah, so, that was the word, thank you. 
so yeah this is it, it's just very extreme language it, it just seems almost like it's trying to put people off it, exactly it's excessively negative on points that either are positive or simply don't need to be focused on all that much yeah like right. it consumes a lot of time energy and resources well how much time do you spend ironing your kid's uniform every week you multiply that out across the year how many hours is that in comparison how many hours worth of teaching are you going to have to do or looking into teaching should yes. i say exactly all you do basically at the end of the day you still have 24 hours in a day and it's about how you manage your own time but this you're... is another interesting aspect sorry this is another interesting aspect that kids stalled at home could probably benefit from quite a lot time management because suddenly you're not just mm. stuck going from classroom one to classroom two at this time and then you're not doing this subject at this time you're actually making time in your own day and yes. you're doing it there and then and your child is learning that when you when you have like a morning break if indeed you incorporate breaks depending on your method of teaching mm -hmm. they're going to see a parent go into the kitchen and start prepping for dinner time management yeah. is, is an amazing resource for children to learn i think as well it would teach children to have a lot more respect for the role their parents have in keeping the home and all that goes with it to see how hard their parents actually work when they were at school yes that's another interesting aspect so it, i think it would breed a lot more respect mutual respect and and of course the child will again have the benefit of being safe and happy and confident because they're in a safe and happy place it's funny as well because respect is one thing that everybody complains kids these days have lost well that's because they're not shown respect in school they don't get respect from their parents insofar as they spend most of their day away from their parents think about this if if let's let's call the teacher david in the reality of of the lifestyles that we lead now david the teacher spends more time with your child on a weekday than you do as it, as his his or her parent yeah which can't be right there's something there's no way that can be that. right exactly and the time that you do spend with them is probably rushed you're probably tired exhausted well there's bloody homework as well I but don't... what possible good do you need for homework i don't agree with homework at all i think children are putting in six hours seven hours um of school learning i know there are breaks involved but even so they're still away from mm -hmm. home when they get home they should be able to relax and enjoy themselves and engage in hobbies or play with their friends or whatever it is they're allowed to do well there should be family time there shouldn't be oh okay now i've got to do two hours worth of maths exactly it's it's just rubbish uh, homework is lazy teaching basically if teachers can't get this stuff done in the classroom i personally think they said it as homework yes so i, I think that's behind. entirely right i don't know if that's right but i would imagine so uh, this goes on to say you need to prepare to be more patient and innovative in assisting a child who is a slow learner or who has special learning needs now i'll give you that one if your child has special learning uh, requirements then you will have to adapt um, and probably be more patient um, but then you are trying to equate a parent who lives with that child to a teacher who sees that child once a day or once a week so from a teaching perspective yes I would argue that you do need to be uh, innovative and more patient with regard to teaching that child but that child with special needs loves you and trusts you and i think you would still have a better relationship than that child with a stranger
that they only see once every however often. I would also suggest you're used to dealing with it. Yes. Because if he's your child, you know your child's quirks. Right. You know their abilities. You see them at their best and their worst. You know how to bring them out of a bad mood or coax them into doing something because you've had to do this since you since they were born. Exactly. So again this is this is so overly negative. It's almost as if the author of this piece doesn't believe parents are remotely capable even though they've raised all of these children prior to them starting school and taught them everything they knew. It's very weird wording. It is. It is, as I said, it's excessively negative on things that don't need to be highlighted and focused on in the way that it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are, there are certain cons, of course. Yes, you will have to devote time to setting up planning and that, but it, just, the, again, the extreme language. It's almost like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. However, will you cope? No wonder parents are, are probably thinking, eh, nah, I'm not doing this. It's way too much effort. It's, it, you're literally talking people out of homeschooling. It's amazing. Uh, wait till we get to the next one. It causes financial restraints. Your spouse or you will have to either opt for a part-time job or not work at all so that one of you can guide the kids with the homeschooling. And considering that you need to buy books, computers and other educational tools and activities, your list of expenses can get quite long. Holy crap, I don't know where to start with this one. What if you're already at home? Does that not apply to you? Tough. Apparently, by having your kids at home with you, you're going to lose even more money. Right, they ju they're just a drain, right? They just cost you money just by being there. Well, you know, kids cost $250,000 in order to get into university or whatever it is. Amazing. That debunked lie. Um, and considering that you need to buy books, computers, plural. How many computers does a child need? And the reality is, in this day and age, how many homes don't have at least one? Well, exactly. You so, either have a computer, a laptop, or a tablet. Right. So the reality is you've probably already got something that the child can use. And, by the way, depending on the age of the child, you may not even need a computer straight away. You can yeah. buy books that teach the basics of reading and writing. You know, that, that sort of uh, join-the-dot thing to teach children to write letters. Mm -hmm. So it could be years before you move on to computers for online resources. Um... And if, but if, by the way, you've started homeschooling because you found online resources, how the heck did you find them without a computer? <laughs> you, uh, you went to the local library, obviously, and you used their computers. Well, then you could take your child to a local library, couldn't you? And they could do their online there is that as well. So, books, yes, fair enough, books. I wouldn't necessarily invest in books if you can get the stuff online. I would buy one or the other. There are some things, of course, you need books for. You would need exercise books. But mm -hmm. as I said on the stream everyone's local pound shop or dollar store sells all of this stuff so incredibly cheap like crayons coloring pens um drawing paper writing paper you could buy loads of stuff for like 20 dollars or 20 pounds you could buy everything they need for the whole year so this is amazingly negative again other educational tools and activities i'm not sure what the other tools actually are i want to know how you buy activities <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that, but that's true. <laughs> How much does an activity cost? How much are you else. charging? <laughs> I suppose extra activities would include things like going away for the day. 
you know, if you go to a museum or whatever, you, museums in the UK are okay. free, but you know. But you don't buy them then, do you? You pay for them. There's a difference. Well, it's not just that, but if you send your kid away on the school trip, you pay for that, do you not? You do. And you have to go through all the palaver of permission slips and, you know, worrying if your child is safe, is someone looking after them. Uh, much better, in my opinion, to take oh, them yourself. When kids go out nowadays, they have to wear the yellow safety jackets. Well, exactly. Um, and, and where are your children being taken, FYI? Because a lot of people have found out that their children have been taken to places they don't agree with after the fact, not before it. Yes, because so, you're not always told about these things, seemingly. Well, as we know from the No Outsiders programme, you're certainly not told about what they're learning in the classroom. So I guess mm. would you be told about what they learn outside of it? Well, it's not just that, but even if you are told where they're going, they can be, they can kind of squirm out of what they're telling you. Yes. So they might tell you they're taking you somewhere, and they may very well take you there, but then what do they do? What do they teach? What's the tone with which they teach it? The fact is... It's these sorts of things that you can control when you teach at home, that you yes. can't control when you send them to school. It's the tone of message. Exactly. These are the most vulnerable members of your family and you're leaving them with strangers and you have no idea what these strangers are telling them. Yeah, exactly. So I just find that quite amazing. Um, educational tools. Yes, of course there will be some cost involved. But the cost for your peace of mind will be priceless. Uh, exactly, because you'll always know they're safe and you'll always know that they're learning and your relationship will be okay and all the rest of it. Right, and you know that you're teaching them the truth. Uh, when when you think, uh, it's no lie to say I was completely shocked when I saw that uh, tweet from that uh, teacher, a uh, young lady, she was white, and she was proudly crowing about the fact that there was a white child in her class, and they got to talking about Black Lives Matter activism, and this child was uh, an All Lives Matter advocate, All Lives Matter. She was proudly crowing the fact that by the end of that lesson she'd turned this child who valued everyone equally into a Black Lives Matter proponent and basically denigrating her own race and existence and identity in favour of one group which makes her technically now a racist. Mm -hmm. And this teacher was literally crowing, bragging about the fact that she had brainwashed this child. It's just the glee, the sheer glee that she took from this, from this achievement, like she got one over on a child, this is the level of people <laughs> she, she tricked a child, god damn it yeah, she, seriously <laughs> th this is the level of people that are being hired to teach your children yeah, because these people go through university as well, and we all know universities are incredibly toxic places, so why do we expect anybody who comes out the other side to be reasonable Exactly. Especially when they go into certain subjects. You know, people always laugh at the liberal arts, but teaching is a part of that. Yes, and I would argue that some of the subjects are so completely useless that the only job for people who get their degrees is to teach it to another generation. Yes. If you... I would fully agree with you on that. So if you want your children to learn reality, to be able to cope um, in the employment market, to be able to cope with relationships as a mature adult, you do not want them being taught by these petulant, never-growing-up children who have no responsibility, no maturity, and who think getting one over on a child is some kind of is, is some kind of rite of passage that they're proud well, of. 
Would it make you feel better if it, if it was a very smart child? No, it would make me feel worse. Well, maybe I can understand. There's just something about this idea of grown up feeling like, yes, I taught that child a good lesson today. That's kind of hilarious. It's it's just very spiteful and vindictive. And these are teach these are people who are teaching your children. They don't care about your child. We mentioned this when we did the uh, the PDF on BLM and outsiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about the other child, your child versus the other child. To these people, all children are the other children. They will never love or care or have the best interest at heart for your child ever because your child is other to them. And if your child happens mm-hmm. to be um, a native European child, it is already deemed as evil and lesser than all of the children brought in to replace it. And again, why on earth would you give these people power and authority over your child? It's a form of child abuse. When your child comes home miserable and quiet and withdrawn, imagine what kind of day they've had. Imagine how many times they've been told they're insignificant, that they don't matter, that they don't count, that this isn't their country, that they have no rights, that they need to shut up and let BAME people and ethnic minorities speak. This is what your children are hearing every single day at school. And the fact that we have depressed eight year olds really shows you the state of things. Like, how the hell do you manage to suck the joy out of an eight year old? We have medicated babies who have been diagnosed with depression. How is that possible? Yeah, I'm not even sure. I don't even know how that's possible. How are parents allowing doctors to drug their children? If you are struggling to parent your own children, ask for help, ask for your help within your community, within your family. For goodness sake, don't let them be drugged. Those children didn't ask to be born. If you are struggling as a parent, seek help. Drugging your children is not the answer. Making sure you are equipped. Well no, that's just going to lead to more issues down the line. Exactly, and again, the bond between you and your child will break. This is about your ability to cope with parenting. If you are struggling to cope, get help for yourself. Don't drug your child. It's something to take pride in as well, being a good parent. I, d- I haven't seen that mentioned once in in any of these homeschooling things, but the ability to do it, it really is something that you should be proud of because it isn't the world's easiest thing. And at the other end, your accomplishment will be a fully grown, well-rounded adult. Yeah, I think... And, and odds are, sorry as well, odds are that's going to be an adult who isn't an adult because they're 18. They're probably going to be like well-rounded and a good person by the time they're 12 or by the time they're 13. And they're going to carry that on throughout the rest of their lives. But then that child is going to be like a babe in the wood. You have a duty then if you're going to create a well-rounded, happy, confident child to protect it from the horrors. You, you have a duty to do this. You cannot make them innocent trusting and happy protecting is the wrong word and sending them out into the world to be abused and taken advantage of this this will last forever protecting them from that is the wrong word you don't need to protect them from it you need to harden them against it equip them to yes there you go withstand the onslaught that they will no doubt receive but you cannot you cannot go so far as to make them innocent of these problems you have a duty as a parent to teach them about the injustices they may face in the future 
to prepare them for it. Yeah, because they're not going to be getting that in school. Of course not. Fact, that's partly why. So that's partly why people go from school into university and they just hit a wall. They just they get massive depression. A lot of people kill themselves, unfortunately, both boys and girls. They simply can't handle it, and it's because school has not prepared them for it. School has prepared them in a very basic sense to be able to add up numbers and do everything else around that that they need. It hasn't taught them how to do pretty much anything else. But then I would argue that it's not their place to do that either. But because the school, because the school is slightly um, negatively reinforcing things, it's taking more power from parents. And because parents aren't aware of it, they're not balancing it out with positive reinforcement. Exactly. Because again, once the bond is broken between you and your child, once these people have undermined your authority and got under your child's skin, your child will not trust you. Your child will question why you keep leaving them to face this onslaught of abuse every day. And that will break down any trust or bond with you and your child. And then when the time comes when your child is feeling depressed or suicidal, they're not going to come to you for help. Why would they? You've already let them down. Why would they do it again? Exactly. And I don't want to be all doom and gloom. I think there are a lot of great parents out there. Um, But the fact is you need to be aware that this is happening to your children. It's for you as the adult to take your child to one side and say, you seem really down. I want you to tell me because you're amazing. You're amazing and smart and brilliant and you can do anything you want. Why are you so unhappy? Is there something I can do to stop you being unhappy? Give your child choices. Give them a lifeline. You're not a bad parent for not knowing what's going on. But you'll be a great parent if you understand what's going on and then do something about it. The reality realistically, is... You, realistically, you can't know because you're not there. Exactly. You're not with them day in, day out. You, you don't know, know what they've been told. taught in school. Exactly. You don't... The thing is, it's not even the teachers themselves. It's the environment in which they're taught in. Yeah. For example, if you're in a particularly rough school and for whatever reason, like thieving is somewhat commonplace. Now, you know, it may only be little things. It may be like a bigger kid cutting his place in line, that sort of thing, or somebody stealing, you know, pencils or what have you. But the fact is, these do add up. If people are taught from a young age that that sort of thing goes long unpunished, and that sort of thing is okay and acceptable. What repercussions does that have? That does that have down the line? Exactly, because more and more children are being, um, well, yes, encouraged to behave badly because they're not punished when they do it. There's no lesson learned for them. There's no deterrent, so they'll keep doing it. And not only are they getting away with it, but they're getting loads of attention. And again, we mentioned this in the stream: the good kids are being largely ignored because they're not. Um, What's that phrase? Um, oh, showing off. They're not showing off. They're not having tantrums. They're not... Squeaky roll gets to grease. They're, they're not kicking up a fuss. They're just quietly taking it. And they're taking it because they're demoralised and they're beaten down. Maybe not physically, but emotionally. Mm-hmm. It's your job as a parent to put some time aside every day and watch for any changes in your child. If your happy, confident child starts becoming sullen and withdrawn, there is a problem. It's your duty as a parent to find out whatever it takes, what that problem is, and resolve it for your child. There is no one else they can turn to. You need to make sure they can trust you, that they can come to you, 
And again, if you don't know, fair play, but once you know, you do have a duty to do something. This really comes down to the fact that our community is broken down, that our relatives all live miles apart, thousands of miles apart in some, in some cases. We don't have that community yet. We're going to have to trust in the people that we do trust, and we're going to have to start asking for help. Our children deserve it. They deserve yeah, we'd everything. Focused a lot. We focused a lot on kids who are struggling, not so much on the kids who are doing well. And it must be said, there are plenty of kids that go to school and don't have these sorts of problems. But think how much better they would be if they they still weren't involved in that. They're still being discouraged, aren't they? Even if it's only Exactly, they're still being discouraged. Even if it's just a, a quite little thing, even if it's just an understanding that they should do or they should behave in a certain way. The fact is, these are still pretty toxic ideas that we're exposing them to. I've noticed something um, that hasn't been mentioned very often. And I don't mean on our stream, I mean generally. Mm -hmm. But it used to be headlines all the time. Bullying, very rarely mentioned mm -hmm. now. Is that because it's a certain demographic bullying a certain other demographic? They went through a bullying phase about four or five years ago I think yeah and now what because Prince Will was quite into it wasn't he and then now what like Covid it disappeared obviously it's just the it... difference is one is and I'm not going down that road ignore that <laughs> but I'm just saying bullying is is a it's it's insidious it's never blatant it's a little dick here a little dick there the fact is your child can be bullied without anyone laying a hand on them they can be threatened and intimidated. Well, they could be bullied without even realising. Exactly. What if what if they're though? having a discussion on, I don't know, how awful Britain is, and your child pipes up with, oh, but, but look at all the lives we saved when we did this, and they just shouted down in the class and humiliated. That is a form of bullying, especially if the teacher is condoning it and encouraging Which it. Which they do. Of course they do. So there are lots of ways in which your child may be affected. Some will be overt, some will be noticeable, some will be hidden. It may be that your child is now confused. It may be that they don't think they have a right to complain because they've been convinced so well that they, they're worthless. They don't deserve any sympathy or help or support. They might just think it's their lot in life. I imagine for a lot of young people now, for whom things have never really been any different. They probably think this is how things are and how they've always been. It's our duty as parents to teach them that this is our homeland and we have a rich and respectable history that we created so much that our ancestors sacrificed for us and that they are entitled to everything that was left for them, that they should be proud of who they are, that they've done nothing wrong. We don't say this. Not just that, but they should proudly expand on it as well. Well, yes, but they don't because they are just beaten down mercilessly, even if it's just emotionally, every single day. I know there are some children for whom the brainwashing isn't as severe or as blatant, but these children, mark my words, children are observant and very adaptable. They may not say they're unhappy, with the changes that are going on, but believe me, they are noticing. 
And children are quite resilient, so they won't always come to you for help. But again, if they're not coming to you, when the time comes, they will be going to someone. Better make sure it's you. You need to make sure it's you. Because if it's not you, who knows who they're putting their faith in. They, they literally been, will be set up to fail. It would be interesting to know how many kids have started to notice and started to have thoughts after this Black Lives Matter thing. Because the reaction to that was so extreme. Something happened in a different continent, not even the same continent. And all these people united. And they united based on one thing, and that was the colour of their skin. I'd love to know how many kids around the world have woken up and thought, wait a minute. How many of those This kids, is a bit different. How many of those kids have had the courage to raise their hand in class and say, well, hang on a minute. So I'm bad because white people can't be together, but black people can. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have obvious questions. Um, it's especially damaging, I think for kids whose parents are open about their disdain for all this anti-white narrative that's going on. Um, where the children, probably after getting one shutdown in the classroom, will never mention it again. And the downside of this, even if you don't think about it from the child's point of view, what happens when the child starts to distrust and despise you for your opinions? Because they have yeah, been brainwashed thing. into thinking that they are evil, that you are evil, that your ancestors are evil, that your country is evil, that the empire is evil. The empire that you had nothing to do with is evil, therefore you are evil. The funny thing is, everybody always pushes this off to be a university problem. That it's universities that turn our kids against us. I think but it's, the seeds are sown long beforehand. Yeah. Exactly, the seeds are sown long beforehand. Universities are nothing more than a finishing school. And, you know, and it comes down to peer pressure again. Children like to feel that they belong somewhere. If you are not teaching them that they belong with our people, guarantee you, their teachers and the other children in the school are teaching them that they belong with them. This is why you so have so many white allies of Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Because they have been sold this lie that these people are just and good and and they're fighting against real tyranny and fascism. We're not fascists. We're just nationalists. We're just patriots. We're just aware of the sacrifice of our ancestors. And we feel a real genuine sense of emotional bond to our land. But our children are being taught that this is evil, that just thinking these things are evil. And it will go two ways for your child. They will either rebel against the brainwashing and be abused or they will give up. They will have no strength left with, with, with which to fight because they've not been equipped with the tools to fight it and they will join the other side in denouncing you for your views. Either way, that is a broken mind. How many broken minds are there now? How many of these children, as you said, are committing suicide and cutting themselves, harming themselves getting into drugs and alcohol. It went, like you said, if you've got a depressed eight-year-old, something is seriously, seriously wrong. Yeah, something has gone fundamentally wrong there. <clears throat> I mean, you know, the drugged, the, the medicated babies is one thing. They have no choice. This is being done to them. Mm -hmm. 
but an eight-year-old must have thoughts of his or her own self-preservation and they are being literally battered out of them maybe not physically but they're being battered out of them any kind of self-preservation any sense of self-worth it's just being driven out of them no wonder these people are self-hating when they become adults we've talked before haven't we about anti-white whites how they must hate mm-hmm. themselves i think they do hate themselves yeah and this is where it starts exactly because this didn't happen naturally they didn't just wake up one day and say and say well i'm evil <laughs> it was taught to them it was taught to them day in day out the only antidote for this is to teach them to be proud of themselves is to teach them to be proud of their ancestors, their history, their traditions, their culture, and make them feel as though they're a part of something bigger than themselves, because that's all peer pressure is. Being a part of a big group, not being alone. No child wants to feel alone. But if you are working full time and they literally get five minutes of your time before they go to bed, that's pretty lonely. Don't let them join another group for comfort and companionship. Your family should be that for them. And that really is the crux of the problem. It's that the, not the fact that this has been done to us. It's the fact that we have, because of our innocence, because of our unwillingness to accept that other people are so evil, we have allowed it to continue because we can't conceive of someone deliberately hurting our children in that way. But they it's are. It's the fact that we do it to ourselves. Yeah, but that's I th- really what it comes down to. It it's. A number of things though isn't it like we were talking in the chat about you know people who can't afford to homeschool because they have to work why do they have to work it's because women were tricked into going into work and now with the cost of everything because women joining the workforce have driven down wages for their partners for their for their husbands women now can't afford to leave work it really comes down to I don't want to say it's all about money unfortunately until the system changes it is because our bills cost money the roof over your head costs money but the reality is until we put an end somehow to this illegal and legal mass migration because it's not all illegal women dropping out of the workforce won't make a difference to their husbands yeah because they'll just be replaced with something else right exactly so what we need to do is cut off the flow of that something else and then women need to all go back into the home no that's why it's so important that we also create our own opportunities Right. So we're not reliant on them, so we have something that we control. So we have an income opportunity for our own people. Yeah, we definitely can't rely on them. However bad things are now, how do you th- how bad do you think they'll be in another 12 months? This isn't going to slow down. Uh, we're literally, we're one of the smallest, most populated countries on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. If, you talk, if you're talking about sheer density of population, at what point will they stop? because genuinely they're not building houses fast enough they've admitted this services are crumbling because they can't cope mm-hmm. Healthcare is crumbling uh, education well education won't crumble if we will pull out um, I don't know necessarily that funding will be affected because for every child that we pull out of school another ethnic minority child will take its place exactly they're just replace and replace and replace exactly so I don't think we can beat the system by pulling out of it. But beating the system just means having our own system that works for us, in which case we mm-hmm. have beaten it. The, the goal is not to hurt that system, it's to boost our system. And if it hurts that system in the meantime, 
by extension, then so be it. But I don't think this this is this is a case of if you can't beat them, join them. This is genuinely that. We can't mm-hmm. shut down these systems that exist to harm us. We can make our own versions though. And we can fund them and support them. It's just it's just very sad that we're in we're in this position. We are, but we have to get our own way out of it. We do. We, we are adults. It, this, exactly, we're adults. We're the ones who have to do this. We can't rely on other people to do it for us. You know, we have to hold our own hands <coughs> and make our own bloody way. It comes down to what we said, doesn't it? We may not have done this to ourselves. We may not have created this system. But if we don't make it stop, we are allowing it. And if we don't mm-hmm. fight now, this generation, our children will have to pick up the mantle and fight. And I don't think that's fair, especially as they're so ill-equipped to fight. Most of us, luckily, weren't inculcated. Or we got out of the system before it got really bad. Our children don't stand a chance unless we drag them out of it. Some of them may be dragged out kicking and screaming. But that's the brainwashing. You can't replace this kind of snake oil sales with just punishment and you'll do as you're told we've got to teach them show them that what we have to offer is better and that does mean patience but honestly if you don't have the patience to do what's right for your children I don't know what to tell you we're going to have to dig deep and find it from somewhere because everything is counting on this now every possible positive change all starts with our children exactly it all comes down to community which is, ironically, the next point on this list. Yes. Um, well, actually, this this one, uh, number four, it limits your it limits. Uh, I can't speak. It limits your <laughs> child's opportunities. I'm really tired. Sorry, your child's opportunities to participate in team sports competitions and other extracurricular activities. Again, why does it? Amazing. I can't understand this at all. Like, I was <clears> taught at home. I played sport all the time. I can't understand. Why you think this would limit you? It's it's what, almost like rather? yeah, it's almost like well, if you're not in school, you can't be in contact with any of your friends. Like why? Exactly. Why is but it even the way they worded something, like um, however, kids will still miss out on large chunks, large chunks of experiences that can make their school years unforgettable, such as prom night, inter-school sports competitions, and school clubs. Right. Well, like, this, these are all just it, words. Exactly. The prom night. Like, come on. Nobody actually cares. Inter-school sports competitions and school clubs. Are people absolutely incapable of organising clubs themselves or joining clubs that already exist? Exactly. Inter-school sports competitions. Why does it have to be two schools? Why not just ten children, five a side? Exactly. It, it can be anything you make it. For goodness sake, you drive past almost any sports club and you will see a sign out front saying that youths wanted and things like that. I like the way this author says, parents will try to solve this by scheduling play dates, organising sports teams with other families who have homeschooled students and other ways. However, their kids will still miss out on a large chunk of experiences. You're saying that by providing a solution, it's still not helping. That's the opposite of helpful. I never picked up on that at first, but parents try to solve. Yeah, like well, surely scheduling playdates and all the rest of it has solved the problem. Yeah, apparently not. It, it's all very demoralising and negative, isn't it? Try to solve. Yeah. The reality is, this is going on the basis that you have one child. 
Uh, yeah, you, you, that as well. you could have twins or quadruplets or triplets or sex tuplets. You could have six children age eight all learning at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, socializing with kids the same age is one of the biggest challenges. Why does it matter if they're the same age? Why do you want them to associate with kids their own age? Because exactly. that's an unnatural thing in and of itself, surely. Sure. You don't go into a workforce and you're not crammed into a little corner where all the 23-year-olds are, and then next to that is where all the 37-year-olds are, but then the one over a little bit further is where all the 28-year-olds are. Exactly. It doesn't work that way. I mean, I know that I know that obviously the way the world is today, we don't want younger kids hanging around with older kids for obvious reasons, but in a reasonably monitored situation where all of the children are being raised with the same morals and values, it's perfectly harmless. And the younger it's kids... It's not just harmless, it's actually good. Because yeah. the younger kids learn to respect the older ones and the older ones learn some responsibility. It's not just that. It's, it's Again, it's bridging these generation gaps, isn't it? It's bringing back the mm-hmm. nuclear family. This has all been about destroying the nuclear family. Everything, down to having people living in rabbit hutches, away from their parents and grandparents, children being raised and moving around. There's no sense of community, of uh, a family, of belonging. Um, I don't know what this almost obsession seems to be with socialising with kids the same age, like it's a thing, like it's a goal. <coughs> Seemingly it is a goal. And you can kind of understand it in certain aspects. Because on average, the average eight-year-old will be learning these subjects at this level. To an extent, you can understand that. But there's always going to be smart kids. There's always going to be kids who aren't quite as bright in that, in that subject. doesn't mean they're not bright in general. It just means that, you know, English is a struggle for them. Yeah, but even they might so, be a bloody wizard geography, for example, or history, or something else. But this particular article is talking about socialization, not yeah, atta- not social- educational attainment. So why does it no, matter? No, no, I'm just I'm just trying to justify it as much as possible. In certain aspects, you can somewhat understand it, but when it comes to socialization, not at all. It doesn't make any sense. Exactly. If anything, you want kids interacting with as many people as possible biggest challenges for homeschool children again they, they use the word children as a plural but they're constantly talking about a solo child it's just a very strange list of disadvantages I can't really and again, you know, the next one is also bloody weird again though we say parents try to solve this what about parents could solve this by scheduling play dates it's all very just don't bother just don't bother yeah. there's no point don't bother don't do it. you won't enjoy it it's too difficult for you Blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> so yeah, number five, it raises a lot of questions and sometimes even disapproval from other people. Again, a, a word salad of nothingness. Even, yeah, a complete and utter irrelevance. Yeah, even if more families are adopting homeschooling each year, most people still cannot fully understand the concept of not letting your children go to a regular school. There's that use of the word regular school. That is the abnormal aspect. What? But one minute, one minute. Not letting your children go. How many people's kids actually want to go to school? It, it's purely the socialisation, I would say, would be the only reason that a kid would be unhappy at the change. But if you made sure that they still had plenty of time with their friends, I don't see how that would affect anything. No, neither do I. Because at the end of the day, you're not allowed to talk in class anyway. Right, so they get, what, like an hour for lunch or half an hour or whatever, they get their breaks, and that's it. The yeah. rest of the time, they're working. 
or you know just running along from one classroom to the next like little Stepford children <clears throat> but I like the wording words. of that go to a regular school like a normal school like being homeschooled is abnormal it's perfectly normal we used to do it all the time it can get pretty tiring and frustrating to explain your reasons again and again oh my goodness parents you must be so tired and frustrated reading this waffle um, it's amazing how they're making everything seem like this just unbeatable obstacle yeah at the end of the day you don't have to explain mm. anything exactly why would you need to explain what you're doing with your kid that just doesn't make any sense and it can even become annoying when others openly express their disapproval and bewilderment or tell them to mind their own business it's none of their business exactly grow a backbone disapproval what is there to disapprove of exactly doesn't explain that your kids can also be bullied by other kids because they are weird. No, they can't, because you're homeschooling them. Yeah, you can take him out of those situations, and more importantly, the child has learned that he doesn't have to be in that situation. Who's going to bully your it's child? It's not like at school. All the other kids are at regular school, aren't they? How are they bullying your child? Exactly. It's not just that. <clears throat> at school, you're forced to interact with people you otherwise wouldn't. Right, exactly. Kids know this and they play the game. Well, as soon as you're told at home, you're not forced to engage with people you don't want to. You can leave. It's Simple. like if you've got a friend who's got one of those, um, like, home alone kids, you know, and your kid's forced to play with them. Like, I really hate this kid and he picks on me. Like, I don't care, that's my friend's kid. It's mm -hmm. it's the same kind of thing. Um, I, I'm just amazed at the languages here. Your kids could be bullied. So don't don't homeschool your kids, people, in case someone bullies your child for it. Even though they're probably being bullied at school. Definitely won't happen at school. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Jinx. Some people will even question the intelligence or knowledge of your children because they think you can't learn properly if you don't learn in a, tradition, a traditional school setup. Again, not traditional. And this looks very much to me. This is an American site, by the way. So it's very much to me like Christian bashing just based on that number five question why is that some people will even question the intelligence it because it's what homeschool christian homeschoolers used to go through about a decade ago oh your kids must be sick if you're homeschooling them what are you teaching them that dinosaurs don't exist i remember all the arguments it very much feels like those kinds of arguments you know you're not intelligent Maybe i was never enough. part of it i can't comment it's it's but like, just the general gist of why would teaching your kid at home make them less intelligent? Yeah, it's almost like, well, what, they can't cope with a regular school system then? No, it's because they're better. <laughs> That's your answer. No, it's because well, my can... my children are better. It's not just that, but you're, you can get the same resources if you really want to. Yes, yes, you can follow the national curriculum if you wish. Let's have a look at the last paragraph, because this is amazing. I'm starting to lose my temper with this author. I'm going to give you their name as well. If you think that you do not have the resources, patience and dedication to successfully help your kids learn outside a public or private school environment, then homeschooling is not for you. Not please get some help. You can still make it work. It's not for you. And if you're discouraged by the current educational system of your country but can't homeschool your kids at the moment, Remember that education doesn't have to be limited to schools. You can still find ways to help your kids learn the most effective ways possible. Sorry, learn the most effective way possible and ensure they get the education they deserve by providing them with a supplemental uh, with supplemental classes at home 
are exposing them to the big wide world of learning that exists outside their classroom. So hang on a minute. You know what you're doing. Exactly. So if you want to give them the best possible start in life, homeschool them in addition to the traditional school, which isn't traditional, but don't dare homeschool them just by itself. Just by itself. This is amazing. do you know what? I didn't read this paragraph earlier on, but that is some mental gymnastics that my brain is not capable of engaging in. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Do If you don't think you're good enough to teach your kid at home, send them to school and then teach them at home anyway. Yes. <laughs> uh, I like this bit. Or exposing them to the big wide world. No, thank you. I think that our children have been exposed to enough. The big wide world of learning that exists outside their classroom. What are you talking about here? That's just some words that they put together. That's seriously depressing. Seriously depressing. There's such a strange way to end this article. Isn't it just? Um, oh. I want to see if there are any posts. <laughs> I wouldn't mind, though, Arm. I wouldn't mind, but the prose were actually pretty decent. I know. It's like two different people like, it, wrote these. Exactly. It's literally like two different people have written both sections of this because they're not the same. Uh, the, the author of this piece, by the way, is Natalie Regoli, or Regoli. Regoli, probably. Is a child of God, devoted wife, and mother of two boys, poor boys. She has a master's degree in law from the University of Texas. Natalie has been published in several national journals and has been practicing law for 18 years. If you would like to reach out to Nat- contact Natalie, then go here to send a message, and there's a link. Um, I think Natalie is very disingenuous because she is literally talking people out of homeschooling. I've seen pro-con this before, and they're usually pretty sound. Like the pros will have, yeah, you can do this and it's great, but do bear this in mind. And the cons will have, yeah, this could be a bit of a problem, but there's always a solution. This was completely, not even super positive in the positives, but supremely negative in the negatives. Um, in fact, they almost contradict each other. Well, they do contradict each other. Point four on the positives, for example. It lets you protect your children from negative influence they may encounter outside the home. Meanwhile, it did mention about being bullied for being weird. And and people expressing their disapproval or bewilderment. You can either protect your children by homeschooling or you can't, which is it, Natalie? Yeah, it's, it's a direct contradiction. And it also kind of contradicts point number four on the negatives about not, not being able to socialise properly. Yes. Absolutely. It allows you to spend more time with your family. Well, is that not socialisation? It makes planning family trips and vacations easier. Well, is that not socialisation? Interesting on point four of the positives as well. Research shows that destructive or rebellious behaviour diminishes when teenagers start homeschooling. So maybe that bully in point five um, on the cons, if they were homeschooled, they wouldn't be bullying other children for being homeschooled. It's amazing. Yeah, all in all, it's a very odd article. It is. Very odd. Uh, and again, the pros are, are really quite well researched um, and fairly uplifting. But the cons are just, it's genuinely like somebody else wrote the cons. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it's, it's just very strange. 
that's all I've got to say on it. It's just very, very strange. The, the, the completely different tone. The fact that three of the positive points contradict at least two of the negative points. Well, look at point three on the pro on the pro list. It allows you to spend more time with your family. And point one on the con list, it requires you to be with your kids 24-7. <laughs> you either love this or you hate this. I wonder if Natalie struggled with homeschooling because there are real issues going on with this lady. No, there's certainly something going on. Um, you, you can share the common everyday joys of life together. You will have little respite and less time for yourself or your spouse. <laughs> like, what is going on? But it allows you to spend more time with your family. Like yes. quality time. <laughs> but you'll never have a break from it. I could handle not having too a break. Too much quality. Yeah. Too much quality. Too much goodness in this. You need a little bit more misery. Oh, my goodness. This, this is amazing. We definitely should have read this one out on the stream. Oh, well. Um, they'll get it eventually. Seriously. Uh, this was amazing. So anyway, yes, uh, we'll probably pop this one up just for lols on the website and you guys can have a look at the advantages and disadvantages of homeschooling. And yes, yeah, uh, so we put the link up there as well. Yes, and you know, come to your own conclusions as to whether this person actually wrote both lists because I'm thinking no. In fact, it's starting to look like the person who wrote the con list never read the pro list. <laughs> they can't possibly have read it, otherwise they have some kind of three second goldfish amnesia. Uh, that's amazing. Um, <clears throat> it was quite a good laugh, though. It was. Um, so tying this in, uh, something um, that we talked about before we streamed actually tonight, which again I forgot to mention, stupid brain, um, was going back to the nuclear family. It's a circle. Mm -hmm. I don't want to quote Disney, but it's a circle of life. It starts with the children, it ends with the grandparents. If your children are socialised with different age groups, if they're spending more time with family than with friends, how it should be, by the way, we are going to start having less of this distancing between grandparents and grandchildren that also seems to be very much uh, inorganic, um, where children barely know the grandparents, don't visit them, don't spend any time with them, whether these grandparents are in homes or care facilities or living in their own home. Um, so if we want our old people to be looked after, and we again, we have a duty to look after them. They raised us, they sacrificed for us, and we just cart them off to go and be taken care of by strangers. Strangers, by the way, who have made the headlines this summer by beating them and assaulting them. So if they're doing that to our old people, what on earth are they getting away with with our children? Or what will they be getting away with shortly? Exactly. We have a duty. We do have a duty to start taking better care. These people are our families. Mm -hmm. They're our people. They're our tribe, our clan. And we are not protecting them. And we need to start. But one person saying this is not right will make no difference. But a whole community, that will make a massive difference. And it's not about telling these people where you know where to go. It's not about proving them wrong or <coughs> any sense of uh, justice or revenge. It's about protecting those who need it, the most vulnerable. So yes, we, we do have a duty to them. We have a duty to our children, most of all. And they have no one else to turn to. It must be us. 
Indeed. Anyway, so we just thought we'd share that with you because um, we just found it quite laughable. Uh, it's supposed to be demoralising. I just found it funny. And, uh, and I hope if any of you are thinking about homeschooling and start to get these thoughts in your head, I can't cope, it's going to be too much, laugh it off. These people want you to fail. They want you to change your mind. This is just all part of the inculcation. Um, keep your children in the system because you're still feeding the beast. Or you can cut them off exactly. the source. So. And this is a subject we're going to cover at length probably multiple times over the coming months. Yes. Especially as kids start to go back to school. And everyone who comes on our streams, at least, you have people who will listen to you. If you've got a personal issue you want to talk about, uh, specific to you, like homeschooling, and you want to have a private chat, please feel free to get in touch. And we will do our very best to reassure you, help you find resources. Whatever is within our remit to do, we will do it. So you are not alone. Don't ever think you are. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers what we wanted to discuss tonight. If you anything else you want to add? Not at all. I think that was great. Okay. Well, Even if I do say so myself. <laughs> well, once again, this is Joe and Jordan signing off. Uh, everyone have a very great morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are. And we will see you on the next stream. Take care. Bye.